There's the shotgun snap to Fields. He's back. Fields looking. Fields pressured. Fields hit from behind. He's going down. No, he stayed up. Fields, no, he's going down. Get him down. Get him down. Sacked. Welcome to the 20 in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. It is week 14 in the NFL, and oh, we got a big one at Ford Field on Sunday. It is the Detroit Lions and the Minnesota Vikings, and here's what's on the line. Minnesota Vikings can clinch the NFC North title, um, keep track right with, with Philadelphia there, 11-2, um, and two. Um, and, and, and have that number two seed in the NFC. And for the Detroit Lions, look, I, I think the tie between Washington and the New York Giants hurt them last week. Um, I don't know if nine wins is going to be able to get it now um, in, in, in terms of making the, the wild card in the playoffs. And so I think they got to get to 10 wins. And to get to 10 wins, that means they got to win out. And so um, huge game this week for the Detroit Lions as they host the Minnesota Vikings. I expect Ford Field to be rowdy. I mean, just given what it was for Thanksgiving, given what it was for Jacksonville with what's on at stake this weekend um, and, and it's the Minnesota Vikings I, I just expect Ford Field to be rowdy and it should be fun in there um, just a couple news and notes as, as we kick off this week's uh, 20 minute huddle podcast you know there's a little bit of the flu bug going around um, you know we see a few more masks around the building here in Allen Park and Jeff Okuda Khalif Raymond um, Nate Sudfeld, backup quarterback, all you know, missing practice this week due to illness. So look, it's that time of the year. Um, those guys are still being involved in meetings and stuff like that. Um, you know, in, in the case of, of Jeff and Raymond, maybe a couple of days off practice will, will boost those legs a little bit heading into Sunday. I don't think at this at, at this point it doesn't look like anyone's going to miss game time because of it. You know, we'll obviously have to see what the uh, game designations are on Fridays, um, practice and injury reports are, but you know something that I think every team is probably dealing with around this time. Um, a couple, you know, other quick things: uh, uh, Romeo Aquara, um, who returned to practice on Thanksgiving, w- was need- needed about another week after you know being inactive last week against Jacksonville. Talked to him on Wednesday. He said, "Look, he's ready to play. Um, I think the plan is for him to play." And and look just another pass rusher for this team right and this defense has been playing so well over their current 4-1 stretch you got Aiden Hutchinson John Kaminsky James Houston has been good his last couple weeks Josh Pascal is back off that knee injury now you add a guy like Romeo Aquara and, and look now Romeo hasn't played in in over a year I think he he you know tore that Achilles on October 3 of last year so it's been over a year and so I would expect the Lions to do what they've done with everybody returning from kind of that long-term injury what they did with Jerry Jacobs is you know just give him you know a few reps here or there some critical third downs some obvious pass rush situations get him back acclimated and, and kind of let him get his feet under him now he's a veteran player I don't think he needs it as much as say a Jerry Jacobs or a Jameson Williams to kind of ease them along but um, I would expect to see a um, Romeo on Sunday and look just another pass rush weapon for Aaron Glenn right um, I would expect also to see more rest for Jameson Williams um, you know he had eight on offense last week again 
hadn't played in a game since you know the national championship game for Alabama back in you know last January so you know let him put the pads on get in the huddle um you know see what the pregame is all about get some plays they threw him one ball he had eight snaps I would expect that to to maybe double I think maybe the 15 20 range and maybe have one or two plays specifically for him um I think that'd be big and and James Houston look his third sack and just his second game last week um you know I think he's still learning the the entirety of the defense both in base package and sub packages and, and kind of his responsibilities and that let's not forget this this young man was on the practice squad running the show team three weeks ago so it's going to take a little bit of time for him but I think the more he gets comfortable with those kind of things the more reps he'll play but look if, if, if the young guy continues to make plays like he is he, he's just going to get more reps excuse me in those pass rush situations so um, I would expect to see that we see a little bit more of JMO a little bit more of James Houston and like I said at the top, I'm just looking forward to, to this environment. I, th- I think this team is playing so well right now. They built you know pretty good rapport with the fan base with the way they've played over the mat- last month and a half that I think people are going to show up um, at Ford Field. I think it's going to be a rowdy environment. It should be fun. And the Lions are looking for five in their last six and to start their second um, consecutive uh, you know winning streak here to, to, to end the season. So I've got a really busy podcast for you. I got Kevin Seifert of ESPN. He's going to join me. He's going to break down the matchup Sunday between the Lions and Vikings. I got linebacker Alex Anzalone joining me. Uh, He's been playing some really good football right now. We're going to talk defense and what the Lions need to do to stop Minnesota uh, on on Sunday. And PJ Clark joins me for the MGM uh, key matchups. So um, it will be uh, it'll be a fun podcast. Stay with me as we break everything down as we head up to a big game Sunday at Ford Field, Vikings versus Lions. Welcome back to the 20 Minute in the Huddle podcast presented by Microsoft. And I am happy to welcome in Kevin Seifert of ESPN. He does a great job covering the Vikings. But Kev, that's not your only role with ESPN. I know you've recently expanded. You cover officiating rules player health you're into a little bit of everything over there so um great to have someone of of your status and caliber join the 20 minute huddle podcast i appreciate you i appreciate you having me man so kev let's start with this Uh, a 10 and 2 football team that has a chance to win a division goes on the road to a 5 and 7 football team and they are not favored to win when was the last time you can remember something like that happening well i don't know if it's ever happened there was a um when they played Dallas at home, they were, I think the first time like an eight and one team had not been favored at home that late in the season ever. So they've already, and that was actually a good call. They lost by 37 points to the Cowboys. So (laughs) Vegas usually knows, but this is uh, my understanding is that I don't know if this has ever happened um, in this particular scenario that uh, a 10 and two team playing a five and seven team this late in the season, home or away has ever not been favored. Um, but it speaks to the way that they've won games and and the way the Lions are playing right now in, in both cases. You know, and I know you wrote an article recently about this, the, the, the nine uh, wins by one score to start the season. That's an NFL record. It's never been, never been done before. They're 9-0 and in those games. What is it about that team that they just kind of figure it out? They, they, they find a way. Week three against Detroit was a great example, too. But yeah. just time and time again, they just kind of find a way to make that play, right? And it's amazing because last year, I think they had more one-score losses than any team had ever had. And so they've 
made a 180 degree turnaround with the new coaching staff. And I think the new Kevin O'Connell is a big part of it. He uh, is, you know, he started his playing career in New England where they're very good situa- situational uh, players and coaches. Uh, learned a lot from, uh, you know, from the Kyle Shanahan's of the world and the Sean McVay's in terms of how to manage a game to maximize those small opportunities you have to, to change the direction. And so he's very aggressive as a play caller uh, right before halftime. Um, those are huge moments in games, and we all know that. And at one point, they were leading the league in, uh, in scoring bef- in the four minutes before halftime. Uh, they've been very good on in fourth quarter takeaways. That's a big part of... Uh, of winning close games is when another team is trying to, um, uh, to get ahead and you intercept them. I think they have more interceptions than any team after the start of the fourth quarter. Uh, their red zone defense has been good. Um, I can't remember if it was a red zone stop or just a stop overall on fourth down against the lions that kind of set them up, uh, to, to have the game winning score, but it's that kind of stuff. And so a ton of situational, um, uh, excellence really, that they've had, uh, that's a big part of it. And the other part is they're really a veteran team. When you look at their frontline players, it's all guys who have done, been doing this for a long time, starting with Kirk Cousins and the Dalvin Cooks and the Adam Thielens of the world, adding TJ Hawkinson, who I think is pretty um, savvy player, as you guys well know. Um, and a lot of those type of guys on defense and Patrick Peterson as well, who and Patrick Peterson calls himself the closer. Like, and he's had a lot of plays to, to literally to end the last uh, opportunity uh, that an opponent had to, to take the lead in the fourth quarter. And so you add all that up together um, and it covers for a lot of the things that happen in between the, 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 two, the two guns uh, of the beginning and the end of the game to, to help explain who wins and who loses. You mentioned T.J. Hawkinson. How's he adjusting over there? I mean, you look at just the targets and the, and the catch, I think it was yeah. nine, seven, five, five. I mean, he's been pretty involved since he's got there. Yeah, I think the only uh, tight end who has been targeted more since he got here in the entire league is Travis Kelsey. So that speaks to how much they're using him. I mean, the first week he got here, I think he got here on a Tuesday night. First practice was Wednesday. Um, you know, he crammed the, the the playbook and ended up playing like 60 of 67 snaps in that game against Washington and had a wow. bunch of catches too. And David Blau, the former Lions quarterback, who's their the Vikings practice squad quarterback, actually helped him translate the lions playbook into what the the vikings call things um and so that he played a big role in that and so hawkinson you know from a just from a number standpoint he's been one of the most productive i think he's also second in in catches and um yards by tight ends since he uh, was acquired here too so he's been as productive as any tight end in the league in terms of of, of receptions and yards uh, since he got here and so that speaks i think to how eager they were to get a, a pass catching tight end who who could stay on the field and and how much that's paid off for them since then and i'm speaking with kevin seaford of espn does a great job covering the vikings over there kevin first time for the vikings and lions you know second time around against a team in the nfc north that was week three this is week what 13 now i mean that's that's a pretty long stretch there how is this vikings team different than the one that the lions saw maybe week three outside of obviously tj Hawkinson, which we talked about I mean, that was kind of where they started winning uh, games the way they've continued winning games all year where they, you know, they've, they've been behind a lot in the fourth quarter. They've um, uh, had, you know, they, they started a few games off well and gotten big leads and then had big lulls where the other team came back. But uh, that was really, that game was really the start of, of what has been happening in terms of, uh, you know, eking out games at the very end through either game-winning drives or game-winning stops of opponents' drives. And so um, they've been very healthy. 
Um, there's not many, uh, from a lineup standpoint, there's not much difference in what you're going to see Sunday with the exception, obviously, of Hawkinson than what um, you saw in, in week three against uh, you know, back here. And so uh, incredible health. Um, their draft class has been hurt uh, a lot, but those guys weren't playing back then anyway. And so um, it, they've kind of just sustained, you know, we all kind of joke in the media room that it's like every week you're writing the same story, you know, like <laughs> they they're winning close games. Can this be sustained? Does this mean they're good? Uh, are they, you know, frauds? Are they, uh, you know, are they, are they, you know, due for a reckoning at some point, you know, does the law of averages mean they're going to start losing some of these close games at some point, but it hasn't happened yet. Um, we'll see, you know, if the lions given how they're playing, uh, can, can, can kind of get over the hump on, on, in the, in this close, what will probably be another close game. Um, but at this point, the, it's been a very similar pattern, uh, throughout the season. You know, it's a 10 and two football team. It has a chance to win the division um, this week. Is But the, do they feel disrespected at all? Because I think when you talk about the conversation in the NFC, right, it's Philadelphia and, and, and Dallas. That Those are kind of the teams everybody talks about coming out of the NFC. And obviously both Philadelphia and Dallas beat Minnesota. But, I mean, to, to be a 10 and two football team, and it, it almost seems sometimes that they're an afterthought in the national conversation in the NFC. Do, do they feel a, a little bit of disrespect at all in, in there? And, and can that fuel a team going down the stretch? I think it can definitely fuel them. If they feel that way, they're not kind of outwardly saying so. I think, um, especially in the first year of a coaching staff and in the first year of this team together under that coaching staff, um, they're more than happy to be quote unquote overlooked um, and more than happy to be laying in the weeds. If, if nobody wants to give them credit for being good, they still, they're still 10 and two, whether they get that credit or not. And they're still, you know, have a 99.9% chance to win the NFC North and they still have a very good chance to be the number two seed, which means they'll host, they could potentially host two playoff games and three if the Eagles, uh, who are likely to be number one, uh, lose before then. And so they know they're in really good shape. Um, and they also know that if you're, if you get out to ahead of your skis, they, I mean, they know who they are and who they're not. And when you get to 10 and two and the point differential between you and your opponents is 10 points, you know, which is what it is. <laughs> um, that's pretty close. You know, they're being outgained yardage wise about 60 or 70 yards a game. And so um, they know that their games have not always been pretty. Um, they really haven't put anybody away um, in a game since week one against the Packers. And that was one they had all off season to prepare for. So they know that how, you know, thin that margin is between, crowing about being 10 and two and belaboring a very hard luck, you know, six and six or something like that, which they could easily be. And so I think there's, there's some self-awareness there, but I'm sure there's some part of uh, that locker room that feels very disrespected and is eager to keep proving that they can keep winning games. Hey, Kev, is it, is it safe to say that, that, that taking the over might be a, a, a good bet this week? I mean, you've got the 31st-ranked defense. You've got the 32nd-ranked defense squaring off indoors, no weather, two offenses that have been playing pretty well. I mean, do you expect this to kind of be a, a shootout? It, it very well it very well could be you know the interesting thing is that the vikings you know that that the ranking is based on yardage and they have teams going up and down the field against them their red zone defense has been okay as of late and i mentioned those fourth quarter turnovers so they're not giving up uh as many points as you would think given that that ranking um but uh you know i certainly would take the under on punts i don't know what the over under <laughs> on, on punts in this game is but i would certainly take the under on that and um and we'll see i mean this is the kind of game where you know that 
the the individual statistics could be pretty high in the passing game um even if the score isn't monstrous um there's gonna and that's why they haven't been able to put people away quite frankly is you know they're they've had some ups and downs on offense but when a team can pass against you especially and the vikings have given up more passing yards i think than anybody in the nfl yeah if not the second most um when teams can pass against you the way that they are then they're going to be at least be able to challenge for points and get to the red zone. And if they don't score, kick a field goal and keep the game close. Um, and that's, and that's really, I don't know if there's like a thing they can do to snap their fingers to change that at this point in the season, but that's really, to me, the big story of why these games have been close is they have not been able to stop teams from moving at the very least moving the ball and getting in position to score. Well, we'll see if the Minnesota Vikings can force the Lions to punt this week. They obviously last week did not punt, scored on their yeah. first eight possessions. I mean, they're playing some some really good ball right now. But, Kev, when you look at this matchup in just a couple more, talking with Kevin Seifert from ESPN, um, what is, what's maybe a key matchup or one or two maybe key matchups when you look at to this weekend and say, boy, if the Vikings can, can come out on the right side of these maybe couple matchups, they've got a great shot. Well, the big, the two big things where the Vikings have gotten hurt on is their pass protection um, and uh, and their their coverage in the secondary. I mean, they they play a lot of soft zone um, and they rely on that front four that includes Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith to to get home. And when they don't, because they don't blitz a whole lot, um, no matter who your your defensive backs are, um, it's tough to it's tough to keep with receivers and and not let them find the holes in the in that zone if if the quarterback has three, you know, three plus seconds to, to make the, the throw. And so uh, that's, that's a place where, you know, you look at the way last year's game ended um, uh, with the Lions winning on that touchdown pass. Like that's, that's the a matchup I think that favors the Lions that they have some, some pretty good uh, skill position players at receiver um, that match up favorably. Um, the Vikings have a, have had some injury. The one place they've had injuries is that cornerback. And so they're hoping to get, cam dantzler back from injured reserve this week um and you know he was the defender on that game winning touchdown last year and so if you're a lions fan you're like yeah sure we'll, we'll take him back but <laughs> he's been a little better but they've had a lot of other injuries behind him so if he somehow doesn't get back from ir this week that's going to be a very thin position and the other one you know getting back to pass protection is if you look at some of the way some of the reasons kirk cousins hasn't put up the numbers that he has i think he's played pretty well but if you look at why he hasn't put up some of the numbers that he has uh, in previous years, um, he's, he's getting hit a lot and he's getting rushed a lot. Um, they have, um, you know, Christian Derisaw has been a really good left tackle, but he's missed two games with a concussion. We're not sure if he's going to be able to play this week. They have a rookie at guard at Ingram um, who's really at a, in a trial by fire situation. And there's three or four plays every game where he just gets walked back right into Kirk Cousins lap. And so that's that's something to look at. And, and, and we know that the Lions have some some active players up front. And uh, that's a place where I think the Lions could make some hay as well. And if they don't, then and, the, and Kirk Cousins gets the time that he needs and and uh, Dalvin Cook gets rolling as a result of that, then then that's a pretty good outcome for the Vikings. Interesting from that from that first game, week three to zero sacks for the Vikings in that game. Only two quarterback hits on Jared Goff. I think that's a big one, too. Now that Jared's got all those weapons back on the outside, this is the healthiest the Lions have been. We're going to see Jamison Williams a little bit more, too. I think it's really important you know, for that Vikings defense, if they're going to slow down Detroit at all, they've got to do much better. Um, you know, getting trying to get a hand on him, getting a hit on him. If, if they go no sacks, two hits – 
they're going to have to score some points, I think, against this Detroit Lions team. And and final one for you, Kev, is is just you know the, the Minnesota Vikings go to eleven and two. Uh, they win the NFC North. If what happens in Detroit on Sunday? Um, I guess I can't just say if they score more points, huh? <laughs> you, that, that would be the first time. No, yeah, <laughs> that somebody says that. Uh, no, it's yeah. um, you know, I think. Uh, I mean, you make a very good point about about the Vikings pass rush getting home. That's true for any team, um, and especially this one that doesn't blitz a whole lot. But I would say um, I would I would put it back on the offense and say if Kirk Cousins gets the time uh, to to make throws against this defense, we know that the Lions defense has given up some some points and some yards, um, and if that, and if as and he can get that going early. And if Dalvin Cook, they can then bring Dalvin Cook behind that and and get some some gains on the rushing yards and sort of control the ball um, and keep minimize the opportunities the Lions have to do what we were talking about to the Vikings defense, then I think that's the way they'll win. Well, it should be a fun one, Kevin. I mean, the Lions are playing some pretty good ball right now. Obviously, Minnesota's playing good ball. There's huge implications on the line, a division title on the line. It's the NFC North. It should be fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Great stuff as always. Safe travels here to Detroit, and I'll make sure I stop by and say hello. Sounds good. Thanks, Tim. Welcome back to the 20 in the Huddle podcast, and I am now joined by linebacker Alex Anzalone. Alex, thanks for joining me. I appreciate you. Yep. You guys are playing so well defensively right now, and look, you're the guy in the middle, right? You've got the green dot. You're calling it. You're getting guys in the right spots. What do you see as the biggest difference with how you guys are playing defensively over the last five, six weeks? Yeah, I think AG hit it with us um, you know, earlier, maybe this week or last week, but I think we're finally playing from the front end the D-line, the linebackers, DBs in totality all together. Um, you know, I guess you could say uh, complimentary. Um, you know, just doing your job, managing the pass rush with the with the coverage and all those all those things. You know, I don't think a lot of people realize that at the beginning of the year, it was it was like you, Aleem, Tracy, as basically guys who are returning. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, we're familiar with this defense. We're returning pieces, and then there are a lot of young guys and a lot of new pieces. And you guys obviously lost Tracy week three. Right. And it, do you attribute maybe some of that that slow start just to to guys learning? Yeah, right? young guys yeah. having to go and just you guys learning to to play with each other. Yeah, for sure. I think that um, you know we do have a lot of new guys on on the defense. Um, there was some turnover, but yeah, like. And especially Tracy going down, you know, put a lot on Deshaun's plate, and now he's coming around playing really good football as of late. So, um, yeah, I mean, some some of that's you know attested to that. You know, when I look at the the last five six weeks too, it, it, it's your ability to turn the football over, right? Those those crucial plays, and you just look at your play: a, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery, a sack, an interception, an interception. Excuse me, the impact plays. It seems like you guys are getting a lot more of those. And that's been the biggest difference. Yeah, right? I feel, yeah, I feel like you know, as a defensive player, those are the plays you want to make. You want to make those splash plays, and um, you know, that's really what's what's most important. You know, defensively, again, turnovers, creating those explosive plays that really change the game, and. Um, we definitely haven't had an emphasis on it, uh, you know, the past what eight weeks, and yeah. uh, it's been we've, we've been getting production out of it. You know, Deshaun set the tone last week on the second play of the mm-hmm. game with that hit, and then you jump in there. So you have to tell us what is it like 
being down in the bottom of a pile like that because that wasn't one where you just right. jumped on. I mean, I think yeah. you you took the ball from somebody, did you yeah, not? I mean, yeah. what, what happens at the bottom? Uh, of that yeah, pile? I mean, not, nothing crazy, nothing dirty or anything <laughs> like that. But yeah, you don't really know who has the ball, who doesn't, and um, you know, at the end of the day, you see the ball, you just grab it. You don't care who has it or what what's going on, and um, you know, until someone. Uh, ref pulls you off the pile, you're still going in for it. So uh, it's just a giant wrestling match. Yeah, there, exactly. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, and then you know they're pulling guys off, and yeah. you know someone may have had it, but then they're getting pulled off. You know, so it, it's a mess. But yeah, you just gotta gotta find a way. You get a chance at the Vikings again this week, mm-hmm. second time rolling through them. Just what what kind of a challenge do they bring? Obviously, you look at some of the skill positions, yeah. but playing at home and now you guys playing much better defense than you did week three. Mm-hmm. How much are you looking forward to this matchup? Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it a lot. Um, we're excited to play in front of the, in front of our fans again. Um, I know they're going to be it's going to be packed and loud, um, and we feed off that defensively. And you know, we just had some guys that filled in uh, pieces from week three. You, you go, you look at Jerry and um, you know Mike Hughes playing corner and yeah. Um, you know, those guys have really brought a brought an element to our defense that's, you know, really helped us a lot. That's a key point by you because Jerry wasn't available, you know, week three and, mm-hmm. and you know, he had some issues with penalties. But just his physical style, the mm-hmm. way he plays, I mean, he's playing good ball yeah, right he, now. Yeah, he's, a, he's, he's young. Uh, he's still learning. But, yeah, he uh, – He's playing really good football, and he's thinking. Thing about Jerry is he's going to compete no matter who it is or right. where we're at or what's going on. So um, he has that dog in him. Yeah, yeah. he does. So I, I, I want to take you back to training camp a little bit, just because your son was always there at mm. the end of training camp right. every day, and it looks like you've got your hands full with him, Cooper. Right? Yeah. He's going to be about two. Yeah. I I got a, a kick out of it every day watching you run around trying to chase him around. He's either yeah. into the end zone, uh-huh. into some of the equipment, yep. up on the hill, yep. just you chasing behind him. Yep. How's fatherhood? How you like? Yeah, that? it's awesome. I mean, it's the best best thing ever. But yeah, he's he's wild, man. He's a uh, you know he he's active and uh, he's learning how to settle down in, in controlled <laughs> settings. But um, we're still working on that. But yeah, he he's the best. A football player in the in the. In we'll the, see. We'll see. There's a little uh, lacrosse in your background too. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't think people know you're quite the lacrosse player. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you were recruited by like some Ivy League schools, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So I had some interest from there, and then I started getting football offers. But I really thought like sophomore year, you know, I was going to play lacrosse in college. So I started yeah. taking my SATs early and um, getting that all plugged away. But yeah, then. Uh, sorry again, football. You know, so, so I, I, I wandered over and I asked Tom Kennedy about you, just uh-huh. if he had ever heard or your lacrosse pedigree or whatever. He uh-huh. said he was more recruited than I was. Right. And, and Tom played professional right. lacrosse there. Yeah, I mean, so, it's all relative, so right? So you and Tom yeah. go out and play. Who wins? I mean, I don't know. TK, TK's special. He's got some <laughs> dynamic ability, per se, but, um, you know, I don't know. How fun is it playing defense right now? For, for, for Aaron Glenn, seeing some of the young guys like Aiden and Kirby and yeah. and some of those guys just start to develop and, and make plays and just, just how fun is it? Yeah, it's fun. I think that, um, you know, playing defense, you have to have a certain mentality. Um, you have to fly around. You have to hit. You have to make plays. And uh, we've been able to do that. And the young guys have definitely uh, stepped up and done that too. And um, we're all kind of buying into AG's culture and what, yeah. what he wants defensively. And uh, we've been getting production out of it. Well, it's been fun to watch, Alex. I appreciate you taking the time. It should be a ruckus atmosphere at Ford yep. Field. Good luck to you. Thanks Thank for joining you. me. Appreciate, appreciate you, man.
Welcome back to the 20 Minute Huddle podcast. It is now time for the key matchup segment of the podcast presented by BetMGM. And I am joined by digital producer extraordinaire, does a little bit of everything, including join me after every uh, game um, for the Detroit Lions. He is PJ Clark. Hello, back. And we are, he's back because I loved the segment last week. So, and, and obviously, you know, you do a great job after the games. And so let's break these down, Peach. You know how it works. Yep. We've got five key matchups. A couple little different. You know, the first time the Lions are rolling it back, playing a, a team. So we looked back at kind of some of the matchups we looked at the first week. Want to make them a little bit different. Obviously, yeah. some will be the same. But let's start off right away with the most important position on the field, and that's the quarterback position. Absolutely. And when you look at these two quarterbacks, Kirk Cousins for the Vikings and Jared Goff for the Lions, I think Jared Goff deserves a ton of credit for – the Lions being five and seven, um, you know, obviously the defense has, has played much better over the last month and a half. The special teams has been really consistent. You know, Michael Badgley was the um, NFC special teams player of the week after making four field goals. But to me, the way Jared Goff has kind of transformed his game a little bit, you look at that start and, and they obviously started off hot offensively, but some of the turnovers were an issue, right? The pick six week one, the pick six against Seattle, you had the fumble that was returned for a touchdown and those were key plays in, in close games. Not the, the, the New England game wasn't close, but week one, week four against Seattle, you know, those made that, those made a difference. And, and you just look over the last, um, you know, five games where Detroit's four and one, seven touchdowns, one interception, making all the right plays but not making the mistakes and that's that's the key is that I think on this stretch not turning the ball over has been the biggest thing and he's also as the Lions have gotten healthier Amon Ross St. Brown was banged up early in the year that Dallas game the New England game all that he's back to full health now obviously has been great DJ Shark is back off IR Josh Reynolds is coming back and getting back into the swing of things I think as the team has gotten healthier he's building even more of a rapport with the new guy DJ Shark but also has his best friend Josh Reynolds back and the safety blanket of Amon Ross St. Brown all of it is coming together right now at at the right time I yeah think, for the Lions and Jameson Williams is getting more into the mix Quintez Cephas returned to practice this week I mean he's that's another guy that has been good with golf when he's been on the field over the last two years. And so, sure. you know, it's a good point by you. He's, he, the, the gang's getting back together yes. again, as they would say in the wide receiver room, right? And and Jared Goff's going to be the beneficiary of that, you know, the next five games. And you look at Cousins, you know, 2,933 yards, 18 touchdowns, nine interceptions, which is a little high, um, 88.6 passer rating. So you look at Cousins and Goff, just the statistics. you got to say Goff's having a better year, even though it's that's hard to say because Minnesota's ten and yeah, two. Yeah, Kirk's getting MVP. Buzz, when, when, you, when you look at when you look at head coaches and quarterbacks, it's about wins, right? Yep. That's what they are judged on in this league. And so, look, Kirk Cousins has one more game, certainly. Um, you know, but I think this is a, a key matchup to me when I look at nine interceptions and in, in for for Cousins, seven interceptions for golf, though none in his last four who makes less mistakes right it doesn't isn't that what it's going to come it, down to that, in a game like this in think? a game like this where the defenses as you mentioned earlier in the show the defenses are 31st and 32nd that yeah. there's going to be opportunities to put points up so whoever kind of steals one and steals a possession I think that could swing the game but Cousins is coming off a game against the Jets kind of struggled was not his best game of the year under five yards per attempt which is never where you want to be as a quarterback so he's going to be motivated I think to kind of throw the ball downfield obviously Justin Jefferson is a very good target to do that with but you got to steal a possession somewhere along the line here if you want to win this game so that'll be a key one let's 
flip the page a little bit. Let's go to Adam Thielen versus Jerry Jacobs. It's a big one. And it's a big one because obviously everybody would say, well, what about Jeff Okuda and Justin Jefferson? And I we think saw that's, that already. that's the obvious one, yeah. right? We know that. And, and look, Detroit did a great job on Justin Jefferson yeah. in the first game. And I, I, I think they're going to look at that film and, and probably do some of the similar things to try to take him um, out of the fold. You know, they're going to double him a lot. But when you do do that, um, now they've got to deal with T.J. Hawkinson a little bit more. But in that game previously – Adam Thielen beat them. Like yep. you know, the, he took advantage of the one-on-one matchups um, he had. Um, he, he won that matchup over Amani Oriwari pretty clearly. Six catches, sixty-one yards, had a touchdown. While Jefferson only had three catches for fourteen yards. And so, when you take one thing away, which the Lions really um, used resources to take Justin Jefferson away, well, now you've got to win those one-on-ones too. And it'll be interesting to me because now they've got Jerry Jacobs. Yep. They didn't have Jerry Jacobs week three, That's and it a was big change. And it was Amani's worst game with all a lot of the penalties that he had and and some of the stuff and it kind of started that role of of, of him losing his job eventually uh, but look Jerry's been good for them um, he's tough he's physical he'll come up and smack you um, he competes um, you know he gives up a few passes here and there but but I think just the way he plays opposite um, Jeff Okuda I, I, I think that's that's a great matchup in this one Adam Thielen just kind of that old trusted guy right that that guy yeah. that Kirk Cousins you know, just they are, can lean on, yeah. can trust in third downs, critical situations. And so to me, I think that's going to be the key matchup in this one. I, I actually really like the matchup for Jerry, just in terms of play style. Thielen is an older, slower, more physical type guy, but Jerry is a very physical man corner, wants to get in your face, bump you off a route, like get to the catch point, knock the ball out of your hands kind of guy. I think it's easier to do that against a slower guy where you're not worried about getting burned over the top. Like, Thielen is is older, possession receiver. I really like the matchup for Jerry. I think he can use his physicality and kind of, you know, try to steer such a – Thielen is a timing guy who has such a good back and forth with Cousins. If you steer him off a route, make him move a little bit out of step, that could knock something off of timing for sure. And we talked to Brian Duker this week, who's, you know, now the defensive bats coach – for, for the Lions he's been so since they let you know let Aubrey present go and, and he said it, it is a little bit different with Jerry back there it's it's a different defense it's a yeah. it's a more physical unit I think they're a better cover uh, man coverage um, unit and so it'll be it's a good matchup and I agree with you I, I like Jerry in this one where he doesn't where he can just go up and play physical doesn't have to worry about is he going to take a step and, and I think it allows the Lions to I I don't think you always have to worry about Thielen down down the field, yeah. you know, in that go route. And so what are you going to do with Jefferson? What are you going to do with TJ Hawkinson? Can you divert some safety help to maybe some of those areas of the field, the seams, you know, the, the middle part of the or field, and trust Jerry to do to his just, thing on Adam Thielen on the opposite side? And K.J. Osborne, again, the guy who caught the game-winning touchdown in week three, that was right down the seam. That was a slot route that now you're going to have to kind of maybe with Jerry just locking down that one side, Mike Hughes, Will Harris, whoever's playing the nickel, you can slide a little bit more help that way as well. 100%. Well, speaking of it, uh, cornerbacks, let's, let's flip over and, and go to you know 
the other side of the football with Minnesota's cornerback, Patrick Peterson. He's been doing it at a high level for, for a long, long, time. long time. And he's been really good for them. And I think that matchup with him, and, and you can pick a, a, a bunch of – pick your poison. Um, but I think the DJ Chark one I think is going to be interesting. I could see him matched up on DJ Chark because he does have a little bit of size. And you know you know the Lions are going to try to get DJ Chark down the field. He can still run plays. with them even though he's he old. He can still run with them. Um, and, it, look, this uh, this Lions offense is different with, with, with Chark yeah, in it, with Chark absolutely. healthy. I mean, it's the vertical threat. We saw it last week with, with the go route down the right side that set up a, a, a touchdown. It's just that threat even is is just – it you changes play, what defenses – it, it changes how defenses play them. Yeah, and I, I think coming off of his best game of the year, I would like to think DJ Chark gets a little more involved. And you're starting to see the confidence between him and Goff kind of increase week by week. And, and now hitting that deep shot down the right sideline. Only encourages more. Exactly. You, just, <laughs> you know you have that in the bag now, and I would be surprised if it didn't come back out again this year. But Patrick Peterson... He's been clutch. I mean, he he sealed that Buffalo game with two interceptions for them this year. He has 12 pass defended, which is fourth in the league. He's getting thrown at, but he's making plays on the ball when he does. Opponents are completing 60% of their passes when they throw on Patrick Peterson. He's only given up two touchdowns all year, and opposing quarterbacks have a 70.9 rating when throwing at him. I don't like throwing at that guy. No, I don't like throwing at him either. But you're going to have to. And yeah. you've got to trust, I think, if you're Jared Goff, and I think that's why last week was so important, you've got to trust that he can go up at six foot four and, 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 and make somebody. that play, yeah. right? And get, get, get himself a 50-50 ball. Even the touchdown against Buffalo was a 50-50 ball that, that you just threw the back of the end zone and trusted your guy was going to be there, and he out-physicaled the corner. And yeah. that's what you're going to have to do against, you know, a Hall of Fame guy like Patrick Peterson. And it'll be interesting to see if JMO, you know, what they do with him, if he gets out there and sees himself You really up, want to take the top up, off this Lined thing. up against Patrick Peterson. That, to me, will be an interesting one. Yeah. The young guy against the old corner. I'm, I'm sure JMO grew up watching Patrick Peterson, oh, you know. absolutely. So that, that one will be interesting for sure. All right, let's flip. We mentioned TJ Hawkinson, obviously was traded to Minnesota. Little and, Familiar with a little that familiar with that guy, and in look, he's been good for them. He's been awesome. I mean, I think he's got like thirty catches, thirty catches in five games. In five games, um, he's got the, the one touchdown. I think his targets are right up there among the the most in the Second NFL to Kelsey. Among, among tight ends during that stretch. And I think it'll be interesting to see what they dis, what Detroit decides to do coverage wise with him. If it's a linebacker, to me, I think it's it's probably maybe Kirby mm-hmm. um, because you're gonna let Deshaun you know kind of play his game physical. Be the the you know the guy that comes down in the yeah. box if you need for the run game, and and so I think we're going to see more often than not maybe Kirby in that matchup, especially when he's going down the seam and um, doing some of the more intermediate routes that they've been doing with him, um, kind of like what he did here. Um, I just think that'll be that'll be an interesting matchup. It'll certainly be strange seeing TJ in purple For at sure. Ford Field. Absolutely, and coming going on the, the far sideline. It's going to be it's going to be a little yeah. weird. But nine, I think nine catches, seven catches, five catches, five catches, four catches, and a touchdown in his five games with them. I mean, they they throw him the football. He's become a focal point. I mean, that's why you trade so much to go get a guy like that, especially midseason when you're looking at your roster and the struggles that they've had at tight end, and you're looking at now you're 10-2. and You can really make a run at this. You need a dynamic athlete at the tight end position who can stay on the field. Irv Smith has been banged up a lot, but – 
TJ's doing it. And when you trade so much for a guy, you want to give him the ball. And they have clearly made it the point that they're going to do what that. What was it? He, he shows up on a Wednesday and he had nine targets, yep. nine catches, 70 yards yep. or something like that his first game. So like it, it's been that way off the cusp for him. I mean, they've, they, they they, are, they've they thrown are him the football. ready for it. Can, can, can Kirby steal one? I think that's – That's you your know, ball hawk. That's, that's your that's guy. That's the guy, right? And so when you're throwing to – you know, a guy like TJ, can can he step in front of one? Can he go up and steal a 50-50 ball? And to me, if you're going to get a key turnover, like, it's that guy. Yeah. It's proven. It's him or Aiden, you yeah. know, somehow, some way. So that, that's just what it's been. <laughs> yeah. Um, even though last week, credit to Deshaun Elliott for forcing that fumble and, and, and Alex jumping on it. Yeah. So um, There are options, but if, it, you know, when it comes down to it, who is the guy you want to force a turnover? It's got to be Kirby. And I think you're seeing how well he played against Tunyon which is a, a similar athletic profile to Hawk and the kind of routes that Green Bay had him run. I mean, he was lights out in the Green Bay game. So I think you've kind of seen it a little bit what Kirby might be able to do. 100%. All right, let's finish up with this one. You know, we talk about Aiden Hutchinson a lot. And, and you know, obviously with, with James Houston, he was on the pod last week, and he's been great. But to me, one of those guys, and I know we talked about this after the game on Sunday too, is is I think a key one in this one is John Kaminsky, uh, line defensive end versus Ezra Cleveland tackle um, um, for Minnesota. And, and, and I just wanted to go in a little different direction because John Kaminsky means so much to this football team. Yep. And it doesn't always show up on the box score. Um, and, and But just some of the things that he's able to do, freeing up other guys, he does a lot of the dirty work. And I, I, I know his teammates appreciate it. I know his coaches appreciate it. Um, and, and, and that's why I think this is a big matchup because – I think he can. He's in a situation where he can not only help other guys make plays, but I think this is an opportunity against a guy like Ezra Cleveland where he can make some plays himself. Too. Yeah, and I think when you're looking at it, he got hurt in the Washington game where Aiden was great, obviously, and then did not play in the Minnesota game. And that's where you started to kind of see whatever defensive line momentum had through the first two games kind of got derailed because mm-hmm. he's the guy – taking up double teams in the middle and getting a handing into the passing lane. Had another pass breakup last Playing week. a lot of those stunt games. And just, just making Aiden better. And now he's back against an offensive line that is banged up. Darisaw, concussion, might not play. Ezra Cleveland has been better this year, been one of the better guards in the league. But this is this – is, that's your stunt guy. That is the potential for Aiden to get involved. That is Aleem McNeil. I think Kaminsky just – he opens so much up by playing a variety of roles on that defensive line and, and not having him in such a close game the first time against Minnesota. I think that's a big advantage to have him back this week. Yeah, I'm glad you corrected me. I think I called him a tackle. He's yeah. obviously a guard. But, you know, in that guard position, 36 pressures, three sacks allowed. There's there's some opportunities. There's some room there. There's some opportunities there. And with him playing some of those twist games and, and, and stuff with Aiden, I think that pressure up the middle we talk about all the time with quarterbacks, that's the worst one that you can face. And, and can John and, and Aiden and, and John Josh Pascal, um, who they didn't have in, in, in the previous game, and, and just can, can some of those guys create some of the, the the hectic activity that we didn't see as much of the first time around, but we've seen it lately, which has been part of the catalyst behind these, you know, this recent yeah. success. Can, can they get some of those things going? But to me, a lot of it when I watch the film back, it, it all starts with John and some of the stuff that he does. And even in, in the Minnesota game, and I'd be interested to see if the Lions are going to kind of run it back this week. Is, is Alex had a couple pressures in that game and had the sack coming right up the middle. Yeah. And that's a, even Kaminsky, if you just you have that 
body in the middle there now. That could even free up the A-gap pressure for Barnes, for Alex, for any of these guys coming right up the middle, which you have seen on film this year that it has worked against this Minnesota Ali offense. McNeil playing good in the middle. Bugs is playing good in yeah. the middle. Add John Kaminsky when they it's move It's a different team there. than it was in, in week three, especially with the, the depth on the defensive line, that they're just they're coming together now. They're coming together, and this is obviously a very huge week. The, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings are looking to win the NFC North, get to 11 games, keep um, pace in, 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 you know, with the leaders in the NFC for, for the one, two seed. And if you're the Detroit Lions, you obviously don't want them to do that on your home field, but you're also at There's five more and seven, very yeah. much in the mix. You are in the graphic in December. And if you're going to make a run at this thing, I think they probably got to win out peach. I don't know. They can maybe afford one, but I think the more likely scenario to make it is, is, is you've got to win out. And so, um, look, they, they had to get to one coming off coach, the Buffalo yeah, loss last week. In and, the, in the, and the now you get to two. It's you're the one and zero in a six game season. Yeah, and you got to see what happens from here on out. But it's it's step by step. But obviously, this is this is a as much as last week against a Jacksonville team that there were a lot of similarities going into the game and blowing them out was a tone setter. I think this a home game against the division leader, a ten and two team, is just as much, if not more. It's going to be ruckus at Ford Field for sure on yeah. Sunday. I think everybody knows what's on the line here. We'll break it all down after the game. It's been a fun little week of preparing for this one. Oh, it has it's been, been a fun little it's week. It's been a really good podcast, and we'll uh, we'll be back at Ford Field on Sunday, have everything to break down for you there, too, on the 20-Minute in the Huddle podcast. Thanks for joining.